Howdy, friends, and welcome to the 30th episode of the Old Hat Podcast. I'm James Chambliss, your host, also known as Old Hat. I am Old Hat in every sense of the words that you can think of. <laughs> You've probably heard all this noise before, but here we go again. We'll try it one more time for the 30th time. Uh, whoever dreamed I'd make 30 podcasts in my life, but here we are doing that. Um, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. I know some of you are stuck at home and can't get out now because they've locked us all down or whatever, and not everybody yet. <clears throat> and one of my friends who's in a state where everything is locked down said that she's essential. She has to go to work. She's in healthcare, And she said the traffic's worse, worse now than it's ever been. And uh, Harris County in Texas, which is where Houston lives, is on lockdown. Nobody can leave their house. But good news, the toll roads are free. When you can't leave, naturally, the toll road. Isn't that big-hearted of them? Hey, you can't go anywhere, but uh, it's free to not go anywhere, as it turns out. So there you go. Well, I thought tonight we'd talk about uh, just not anything like that, and yet here I am talking about it because some of it's just silly sometimes, right? You have to laugh about the toll roads being free when you're not allowed to be on the toll road. Uh, and laughter doeth good like a medicine, right? I think that's in the Bible somewhere. A merry heart doeth good. That's in there, I know. So I thought we would just find something to chuckle about this evening. And those are the things that I've been chuckling about today. And uh, it makes me happy. And I hope you're finding things to do to make you happy. Do you know what makes you happy? In 1997, I sat down and I made a list of everything I could think of that made me happy. And I still keep that list close because some days you just need to be reminded of what those things are that make you happy. Have you ever made a list like that? What would be on your list? I can tell you what's on my list because I've got it right here. I'm not going to read it all because it turns out it runs to several pages. But here's a sampling. Uh, coffee. Coffee actually is on the list several times. Uh, there are a couple of things on the list that don't make me happy anymore, so that's kind of funny. I haven't marked them out, though, because in 1997, they made me happy. Uh, whistling, I love whistling. Good ballet, dark beer, summer rain, comfortable boots, pocket knives, pocket watches, letters from my friends, pickup trucks, silk ties. Y'all, I'm skipping a few here because it's none of your business. <laughs> Rolling green pastures, old growth forest, dogwood trees and red buds, lots of those right now around here. The first jonquils in spring, y'all, we have a little line of jonquils at our place. And they're tiny little yellow flowers, and they've already bloomed and gone, but they sure are pretty. They made me happy. Mountains make me happy. Aspen trees, rivers, creeks, streams, really any moving water. That's why I have a waterfall in the backyard. Uh, in 1997, I had white hair in my mustache, and I was pretty happy about it. I think that's all that I have in my mustache now is white hair. <laughs> Round stones, walking sticks, great quotes, good sermons. I've heard a bunch of those. Thank you to Jack and David and Donnie and Scott and all you other folks that have spent a lot of time putting good sermons together. I appreciate it and benefited from it. Let's see, what else is on here? Conversations about time travel. All right, now you know, uh, watching great tennis, not so much average tennis, I guess, but great tennis. Being called James Harold, because I thought that was one word till I was about 16. <laughs> I guess I was in a lot of trouble all the time. 
I like playing chess and playing pool or foosball, especially really, really loud foosball. The loudest foot foosball game in the history of the ever, ever was played at my house with uh, Vanessa, Jasmine, and Kelsey. You never heard so much yelling over foosball in your whole life, and that makes me happy. Eating milk duds at the movies. Probably couldn't do that anymore, pulling my teeth out. Telling funny stories. I'm still doing that. Teaching Sunday school. Ponytails. And I said on girls, but I have one now. So there you go. It just goes on and on and on. Big coats, saltine crackers, coffee, apple pie, strawberry shakes, long dangly earrings. Not on me, you understand. Uh, <laughs> let's see. People that can make a decision. Those make me happy. Uh, let's see. Girls who ride with their feet on the dash, and you shouldn't do that, but it makes me happy. Uh, good Mexican food still makes me happy. Bonnie Raitt music. Man, anybody that has great timing, and she does, love listening to that kind of music. Anyway, those are things that make me happy. You ought to have a list, too, of things that make you happy, because then you'd know. And when you weren't happy, you'd go, why am I not happy? You could look at your list and go, oh, well, that's because I'm not doing any of this stuff. And so I look at my list and go, you know what? I need to make me some coffee because that makes me happy. It's that easy. It's the first thing on the list. So what should you have on your list? What makes you happy? That's a good list to make. I made another list uh, and put it on Facebook as a couple years ago. I was looking through my memories today for something and I found this and uh, it caused a lot of stir. So I thought I would share some of it with you. Uh, I haven't had a hamburger since 1994. Most people can't believe that, but it's true. I do love watching ballet. Uh, my wife and I got to go see the Joffrey Ballet once. I think we were in Chicago when we did that. And maybe not. Could have been Dallas. Anyway, it wasn't in our little hometown, I promise you. <laughs> the Joffrey doesn't come out this way. This is a little too out in the country, I guess. But uh, the Joffrey Ballet, the first act was perfect. It was flawless. They were, I mean, and they knew it. You know, when you're watching somebody perform and you can tell that they're getting it all right and they know it, y'all, it was transcendent. It is still, I'm old now, and it is still the only time I have seen a standing ovation after the first act of anything. They were remarkable. I love watching good ballet. I prefer soccer to football, which I realize some of you are very disappointed to hear that, and some of you are really excited about it, uh, and you will probably not be excited after I tell you that I'm a big Barcelona fan. So if you are a Barcelona fan, then viva Barca, and if you're not, then viva your team. But I like watching soccer. <laughs> I don't watch football much anymore, but I still watch soccer if I can find it. Uh, I only have one game app on my smartphone. I just, I have too much else to do. I have one app. It's that Bubble Breaker app. Really like that one. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, I considered buying a $600 pen once, but the salesperson didn't know who Jonathan Swift was, and I didn't know who Hugh Jackman was, and things kind of went south from there. It was, a, it was a pen that was the Jonathan Swift collection or whatever, which I know who Jonathan Swift is. Maybe I'll read you one of his stories at a bedtime story sometime. But the the picture of the guy that was, you know, the advertisement for the Jonathan Swift line was Hugh Jackman, and I didn't know who that was. And I was shocked that the pen sales girl didn't know 
who Jonathan Swift was. And she was really upset that I didn't know Hugh Jackman. So, but you know, it's okay. Cause I don't think Hugh Jackman knows who I am. So I thought that was fair enough. That same day I bought a Starbucks Frappuccino for the very first time. And it wasn't for me, but I'm told it was good. Starbucks makes the worst actual cup of coffee. They make wretched coffee. If you just like coffee with nothing in it, they don't seem to know how to do that. How can you make a science experiment of a drink taking half a dozen words to order it? And, and you, you can make people happy with that, but not brew a simple cup of coffee. I really don't understand that. And what they do at Starbucks these days, they didn't used to. Now, it used to at Starbucks, they would brew coffee. But now what they do is if you order coffee, they put some espresso in a cup and then fill it with hot water. And that's not coffee. That's an Americano. And I don't like that. Just coffee for me, please. Coffee makes me happy. <laughs> I have five phones on my desk, y'all. I don't even know why. It's like uh, Command Central here or something. But I do have five telephones on my desk. How many phones do you have? I was on the phone recently with an old man from New York. And he's in his 90s now. Uh, he swam uh, He swam in the Olympics a long time ago. Uh, international champion table tennis player. I mean, this guy's got an amazing story to him. But we were uh, deep in a discussion about Switzerland in the 19th century, and I was standing out in the trees in East Texas. It's just wild, isn't it? <laughs> it was a, that's funny to me. Um, my office is a disaster. That's not very funny, but but it is. I, I think I told you that I fell off a wall in December. And I literally only about a week ago got back into my office here at the house and it uh, did not benefit from me being away. You know how when you have to find something to, you know, oh, we got to move all this junk out of here. What do we do with it? Well, since I wasn't coming in here, I just moved it all into my office. My desk has just room for my laptop so I can talk to you guys. That's about all I've got in here. On my What's on the one little corner of my desk that stays kind of clutter free uh, I have a little collection of things that uh, fit in my pocket, and I usually have one or the other of them in my pocket. I've got a, I've got an arrowhead that I carry sometime to remind me that I'm a lawyer, just so I can be brave that day. I have a stone I carry sometimes that's uh, shaped kind of like a worry stone, but it's got a cowboy etched on one side on a bucking bronco, and I carry that to remind me that I'm also a caretaker, because that's really what cowboys do is is take care of their stock. I have a stone that's a little too big, but I found it in a place it should never have been. And I, I carry that to remind me that there are powers and mysteries in this world much greater than anything I understand. And I've got a stone I carry that's for killing giants. It came from the same stream where uh, David got his to, to fight Goliath with. So sometimes I need that kind of support and I carry that with me. Uh, I've got a little blue metal snowflake that I carry. Uh, usually I carry it when I have to be somewhere I hate to be to remind me that I've been somewhere I love. It just helps to have that in my pocket. And I've got a wooden cross from far away from here to remind me that burdens are meant for bearing sometimes and that good can still come from it. And, you know, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, except you might care what's on my desk and it might be interesting to you. And I wonder what you'd say about these things if we could sit down over a cup of good coffee, because I can get good coffee here. This is not Starbucks, folks. We can get good coffee here. 
What do you carry in your pocket, I wonder? Probably nothing, right? Most I'm kind of weird. My bride makes fun of me because uh, I'm like the little boy, you know, emptying his pockets when he gets home, and there's probably a frog in there somewhere. That's I carry a lot of stuff in my pockets. I don't need a purse. I have pants, right? <laughs> I have people, people will come up and go, hey, have you got a pocket knife? I'm like, big or little? they like, you have two? I'm like, well, no, I have three, but I wanted to make the decision easier for you. <laughs> and I carry you a bunch of keys, so like the janitor, right? Of course, in the billfold and all kinds of stuff in my pocket. So uh, there's always a rock in there, usually a rock in my pocket. So I don't know if you carry rocks. I just like rocks. That's all. They make me happy. So it's, it's on my list. It really is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I share too much with you people, and this is probably an excellent example of that, but uh, a couple of other things on my list that make me happy are kisses and laughter, and uh, sometimes they go together, not always, <laughs> but sometimes it can be kind of fun when they go together, and uh, I guess that'll tell you something I've been thinking about to keep myself happy today. Uh Anyway, it brings some memories to mind. I thought I'd uh, inflict those on you since uh, I, you know, it just you might enjoy these stories. Um, one of them is about my very first kiss, uh, and it ended um, in laughter and disaster, as it turns out. <laughs> and we laughed about it for a long time. In fifth grade, I was just deeply smitten with a girl in my class named Darla Ruth, and uh so at, there was a in our in our school in our elementary school there was a cafeteria and a stage so it was kind of the cafetorium i think is what we called it so you clear all the lunch tables away and put in chairs and your parents could come watch you perform oklahoma and they did that year um, but we had music class on the stage and of course all the props were there and the music teachers bless their heart they did the best they could and they moved the big backdrop over on one end so that all the props and everything were behind it so maybe we wouldn't be quite as distracted by all that stuff. Well, <clears throat> in fifth grade, all the kids decided that the thing to do would be to take your boyfriend or girlfriend behind that screen and give them a kiss. And that was the big thing to do. And so we all kind of, you know how kids are. Well, once it starts, everybody's got to take their turn. And so... We decided that it was our turn, and we slipped behind the screen on the stage in the cafetorium, and there was some uh, nervous giggling. <laughs> and then uh, we, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We closed our eyes, and we puckered up, but the problem was that we closed our eyes while we were still too far apart. <laughs> so we built up a little too much speed, and when our lips met, we sort of banged our heads together and then ricocheted off in different directions. <laughs> and Darla jerked her head back. Uh, but I was apparently more deeply affected by it all than she was, and I jerked my whole body backwards, and I fell over. <laughs> I stumbled over something and fell, and I sat down hard on the mouth of one of those great big pickle jars. And that sure made for an interesting bruise, y'all. <laughs> Darla Ruth helped me up, and uh, she felt bad for laughing about it, she said, but then she laughed about it for years after that, and if she hears this, she'll laugh again, too. <laughs> She turned out to be one of the best friends I ever had. I still love her, and I still laugh about that disaster of a first kiss. <laughs> I'm glad I can laugh about it, though. And uh, in high school, there was this mousy little girl in Mr. Whitmore's algebra class with me. Uh, and she's really one of the reasons I passed his class. One was because he threatened to kill me if I 
didn't pass his class. And y'all, school has changed. That would be a felony now, right? Well, I don't know. Now that your you kids are at home having school, your parents might issue threats like that. <laughs> but I really wanted to uh, pass the class because she was there, and I didn't want her to think I was any more mentally deficient than I already appeared to be because I was on my third trip through Intro to Algebra 1. It really was my third year to try and pass Intro to Algebra 1, and I did, too. But that's another story. I spent a lot of time with that mousy girl and her family over the next summer. It's over at their house a lot. And one night, we stayed up watching the late movie after everybody else had given up and gone to bed, and we fell asleep snuggled up on the couch. And at some ridiculous hour in the night, we woke up. <laughs> and we were warm and sleepy and cuddly, but I had to go home, so I said goodnight, and she walked me to the door. And we shared one more hug too many, and much to both of our shock and amazement, we ended up kissing. <laughs> it was unintentional, but it was amazing. <laughs> we finally came up for air, and <laughs> there was an entirely awkward silence, and I finally managed to blurt out one word, butterflies. And then she managed two words, electric butterflies. And for some reason, we thought that was the most hysterically funny thing anybody ever, ever said. And we, we dissolved that uh, romantic moment into uh, giggling. And so <laughs> that didn't go anywhere else either, folks. But it was one of those things that just turned out to be really, really funny on a kiss. It happens. And some of y'all have probably dropped out because you don't like talking about kissing, right? Like uh, the kid in uh, Princess Bride. Is this a kissing book? I don't want to read a kissing book. <laughs> deal with it. You can deal with it. Uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for telling these stories anyway, so you might as well enjoy them while you can. They might get taken down. You never know. Uh, I'm not a big fan of blind dates. I never was. Um, and I, I don't set them for other people, and I wasn't big on going on them. I did once, though, because my friends wanted to go out after a game, but their girlfriend said they could only go if they found a date for their friend to pair up with. And uh, this was not at a high school I went to. My best friend moved to another high school, North Garland, actually. And, uh, and I hung out with him a lot because he was my best friend. And uh, so he was over there, and I ended up with him a lot. And so anyway, uh, since I was from another school, you know, and was single, I, they just said, okay, no problem. We, we got it. We'll take care of it. We got him a, a date. And, you know, I didn't have any idea why this girl couldn't get a date but my friends told me I had to and so I just went well okay and at the appointed hour on the appointed day I arrived at the young lady's house for our date I knocked on the door and I met her father and I met her mother and I met her sister and her dad sat with me in the den and assured me that it would take longer than I could begin to imagine for his daughter to make an appearance so that left him lots of time to ask me questions <laughs> And and he did about me and my family and where I was going to school and what kind of car did I drive and did I have a job and all the things a good dad ought to be asking a boy that's come to pick up his daughter. And at some point in my interview with him, there was a series of crashes from the ceiling above us. The second floor was really loud and I looked up. I was expecting the roof to come down and her dad says, well, there's old Thunderfoot now. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, Thunderfoot? Her own daddy calls her Thunderfoot? 
I got a bad feeling about this, y'all. And a few minutes later, a lovely vision in red and black floated down the stairs with no idea that her daddy had called her Thunderfoot in my presence. <laughs> I stood up to be introduced, and the top of my head came to just below her lovely shoulders. <laughs> this girl was tall now. We had a delightful evening. We laughed, and we sang to the radio together, and we even danced. I don't know what we looked like because I wasn't a very good answer, but we danced. And when I took her home, I wanted to kiss her goodnight. You know, just a polite kiss goodnight, not anything serious. And and we got out of the car, and she realized that I wanted to kiss her, and she wanted to help me with it. So she did this kind of lean over a bit and kind of bend at the knees thing and was starting to get kind of bent out of shape. And I stopped her contortions, and I took her by the hand, and I walked around the car towards the house. And it was kind of a cathartic moment for her because I, I think she thought I was just done and was walking her to the door. So she was surprised when I stopped suddenly and turned to face her, and I placed my hands up on her shoulders, and I took a big step backwards up onto the curb, and I looked almost directly into her eyes then and gently kissed her. And she laughed, and I felt like a stone had come off of my shoulders. I did it right, and I laughed with her. We agreed this was not going to work out, but it had certainly been fun. And I remember her very, very fondly. And I hope she remembers me. If she remembers me at all, I hope it's fondly. Tell you, somebody who probably doesn't remember me very fondly uh, was a guy I used to work with, and I didn't kiss him. That's not got anything to do with it. But uh, he was the mayor's son, and the mayor of our town was you know, a pretty good guy by all accounts, but I worked with his son and his son knew where all the best parties were and he made sure to attend as many as possible. And I always had an invitation, but I've never been much on parties, especially any party that would be of interest to the mayor's son. He just wasn't one of those guys that I felt like it was safe to go into the same parties he did. One night though, his car was in the shop and he bummed a ride home for me after work. And I thought, Okay, fine, I'll take you home. I wasn't taking him home. We went to a party. And he, he assured me he was just going to run in for a minute. And would I wait for him? And I said, I'd wait. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And I got out and I sat on the hood of my car. Because back then you could sit on the hood of a car and it wouldn't collapse. <laughs> and I knew this was going to be a while. So I, you know, before I decided to just abandon him, I was going to wait for a while. And I hadn't been out there very long when a girl I am absolutely certain he sent to fetch me sauntered out to the car. And sauntered is the right word, y'all. She didn't walk. She sauntered in the moonlight. <laughs> if there was a photo next to the word sultry in the dictionary, it would have been her in the moonlight. Just that night, she was barefoot, wearing blue jeans and a brown tank top that she managed to make look like a ball gown. Long brown hair on her shoulders. And I'm not very often speechless, but I was then. <laughs> As it happened, though, that was fine because she wasn't looking for conversation. She uh, she walked out and, and uh, pretty much climbed up into my lap and kissed me right on the lips. She did. <laughs> and I just took my breath away. And uh, she pulled away just a little bit and asked me, didn't I want to come inside with her? And I said, no, thank you. And uh, she hugged me in a very personal way and said, I know you're shy, but I can tell you like that kiss. And I said, honey, I'm harder than Chinese algebra, but I still ain't coming in. <laughs> and she froze for just a minute. And then she just died laughing until she almost cried. 
And I'm not sure how the mayor's boy got home that night, but it wasn't riding with me. The girl and I became friends, though, but we didn't go to the same parties and we didn't ever do math homework together either. <laughs> you think algebra's complicated with letters in it? Can you imagine it with Chinese symbols in it? Y'all, that'd be hard to do for sure. <laughs> oh, me. What are we talking about this for? I don't even know. You know, the, the, the story of the great romance that is my bride and I would fill many, many volumes, many stories there. But And someday I'm going to write a version of it, and then she can write her version of it, and y'all can read them both and decide which one you like better. Because <laughs> we remember things differently. Do y'all do that with your significant others, have totally different memories? Y'all, we were at the same New Year's Eve party one year and never met. And I can name everybody that was there. And she can name everybody that was there, but I don't remember her being there. And she doesn't remember me being there. We remembered the games that were played and the songs that were sung, but we never saw each other. And I just think that means God knew the world wasn't ready for us to team up yet. <laughs> but our versions of that story are just a little bit different. And so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do that. Hers, hers, she cleans up a little bit. You know, mine, I just tell it like it is. I probably shouldn't, but I do. Hers, she she cleans it up some and makes it a little more acceptable in polite company. That's not my job, I guess. <laughs> that leaves too much out. Um, you know, I will say that we were friends for a long, good friends. Uh, Y'all, she's one. Of, she's my best friend and has been almost since the day we met. She has. She's the best listener I've ever known, and she really was somebody that listened to me at a time when I desperately needed to talk to somebody that would understand it. She did. And uh, so we were, we were great friends long before we started dating. And man, that leaves out a lot. But, but we, but we did start dating. And, and when we started to date, it was a little awkward because we had been good friends and I really didn't want to screw up a good friendship. You know, you find a friend like that, maybe once or twice in your life and you really don't want to mess it up. And we're trying to transition from good friends to a romance. And that's a, that's a challenging thing. And it's a, it's a funny thing to be on a date with someone you've been out to dinner with alone so many times, you know, it's almost like we'd been dating for years, except then we hadn't thought of it as dating. And uh, I was confused a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> which has probably been true since she met me. I think I got confused on day one and have been kind of turned around ever since. And the only thing I was sure of was I didn't want to mess this friendship up. But one evening after a delightful date, everything went perfect. We're sitting in my truck in front of her house and we just don't want the night to end. You know, we're not quite ready to go in with her family and say goodnight and, and, uh, I desperately wanted to slide across the seat of my truck and kiss that girl, but I was so afraid of doing something wrong and running her off. And being a polite country boy, I asked, what would you think if I were to slide over there and kiss you? And without batting an eyelash, that girl looked at me in the eye and said, it's about time. <laughs> we still laugh about that one. It was about time, too. <laughs> And the rest, as they say, is history. And I'd love to say they lived happily ever after, but some of it hasn't been happy, but a lot of it has. And on my list of things that make me happy, she is right up at the top. And I hope you have somebody like that in your life, too. 
All right, friends, there was no reason for this, no real reason. I just thought I'd tell you about some of my favorite things and things that make me happy and talk about something besides what was on the news these days because you can get plenty of that somewhere else. I never set out to be the update channel for anything. I'd like to be a distraction from all that stuff. And, you know, being a distraction is something I'm awful good at. It could have been all that time I spent hanging out with the rodeo clowns when I was growing up. <laughs> they call them bullfighters now, but they call them a lot of things. But rodeo clowns is what we called them growing up. And they're kind of crazy and they're very distracting. And they're good people, every one of them. But... All that's free, folks. Didn't cost you a thing. I'm glad you're here. I hope that things are going well for you. I hope you're not getting too much cabin fever. And I hope that we're all praying for this this thing to pass and for things to be all right. I hope you're healthy. And I hope you know what makes you happy and that you concentrate on those things for the rest of this, however long this lasts. Because this is where we are right now. And you can be happy anywhere. I believe that. I also believe that the best really is yet to come.